Tender Hockey Podcast, an old goalie's views on the week that was in the world of hockey, from junior right up to the NHL and everything in between. There may have been a few too many frozen pucks to the head, but that won't stop this old tender from giving his two cents worth on all things hockey. Lily Tender Hockey Podcast, part of the 1420 Group of Shows, part of the Belly Up Network for this December 26, 2022. Recording from beautiful Langford, BC on Vancouver Island. Today we're joined by our sound guy. Seems to be a, a Boxing Day tradition around here. Jim's joining us uh, on the show. Our 1420 legal analyst, Craig Schworn, and my brother, Mike Redlinski. Boys, how is Christmas so far? Going good, eh? Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Going great. Yep, enjoy it. Family's here. We're all... Finally, finally together for the first time in a few years, so it's just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, nice to uh, have everyone out, finally. Right. Today's show is brought to you by Rucket Sports. Use promo code 1420RUCK, that's R-U-K-K, for all your backyard training needs uh, for golf, soccer, baseball, softball, and the like. Anyways, guys, today we'll talk the good, the bad, and the ugly of the uh, of the minor hockey world, since that seems to be the... Uh, Topic of du jour all over the world for whatever reason all the time. Uh, the World Junior Tournament started today, so we'll talk about uh, the apathy that might be going on there, and then we'll take some shots to, to finish things up. Good? Sounds good to me. Uh, right. We got the three guys here. Craig, yeah, you were a hockey player at a young age, and then you got into the, when Jim was born, you were a coach, uh, and then you got into the GM part of things and the, the, of, of Jim's hockey career. When Jim was first uh, got into it, uh, what were your thoughts... Uh, did you have any hopes and dreams that were maybe a little false? Or when Jim first got into it, what were your thoughts about the game of hockey? And uh, was it just a fun thing, Timbits? What, what were your initial thoughts when Jim first started playing? It was just a fun thing. Timbits, yeah, that sort of thing. I mean, we started also, Jimmy was maybe four and a half. Yeah, and yeah, about four or five. Four or five. And there, was, and there were other kids that looked like they'd been skating for three or four years already. <laughs> you know, so you, there was certainly, you could see that, oh... You know, oh, maybe we should have started him a couple of years earlier. Uh, <laughs> you know, just because you already the second you're in there and you see these other kids flying around, you you say, oh, geez, I didn't really, I, I didn't give Jimmy as good a chance to to succeed as I could have if I would have started him earlier. But then, of course, lots of kids catch up faster and all that. But it is, it is amazing. It very quickly does becomes a, become a bit of an arms race as uh, as you're moving forward. Mike, recently you became a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the alternate father with Jackson and his, uh, is, that, is that the proper terminology? Bonus dad. Bonus dad, I guess is what they're, what they're called. No, I'm not call, caught up on, yeah, on all this stuff, but uh, you've caught on to J- uh, Jackson on his hockey uh, journey at, uh, when he was about 12, 13 years old and the like. And uh, what have you seen that's changed? Because you played hockey uh, at a minor hockey and then you played at a higher level. Um, what's the one thing that you've noticed about uh, the game of hockey? Won't, we won't get into the negativity of the thing yet, but uh, what's one thing that you've noticed about how hockey's a little bit different uh, on the ice compared to what it was when you were playing 20-plus years ago? Skill, speed. I can't really say that because guys we grew up playing with, like Dersh, he had the speed, Gus had the speed, they had the skill, but uh, it's, I'm not too, it's, yeah, skill, it's not as rough, tough, dirty as it used to be, it's kind of, everybody's just kind of, it's, it's a lot different, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but uh, yeah, just the players are just a lot more skilled and they're, everything's lighter. It's more about fitness than just going out and having fun. And then, 
Jim, you played uh, rep hockey throughout your throughout your uh, minor hockey career, and then at the end of it, you called her good a little bit. Not not good, but you said, ah, you know what? I just want to have fun for my last year. What made you make that decision to go from one one extreme, not ex- well, yeah, ex- one extreme to the other, where it's it's go go go, and you it's a uh, killer be killed in the, in that world of minor hockey to saying, you know what? It's my last year of 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 organized hockey. What made you decide I'm just going to go out and have a good time my last year? Well. It was, yeah, my last year before I aged out of whatever they call it now, U18, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Uh, it was my last year, and they took away our rep team, travel team. So it was either I'd have to go to Nanaimo or wherever to play that, or play junior. Wasn't, re- didn't really want to do the big commitment of playing junior. Didn't want to go start over and commute to Nanaimo and all that and I wanted to have my last year with all the guys I grew up playing with and I thought well at the end of the day as long as I'm on the ice with these guys one last time that's all that really matters I wasn't in it to be the next whoever it was more yeah these guys that I grew up playing hockey with seeing at the rink every day. Craig when was there ever a point like when Craig when Jim was young because I remember watching Jim I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw out his his hockey journey there was there ever a point where you got a bit of um I don't want to say false hope, but um, hopeful exuberance, I guess, that Jim was going to go to the next, next level and, and carry on because there's a lot of parents that have, have some uh, hopeful exuberance is, is the proper, I don't want to say false hope because that's, that's a negative way of putting it, but was there ever a point when you went, my boy's going to make it and he's going to be the next, maybe not the next Gretzky, but make, make a couple of bucks doing this, or was there ever a thing, did you think maybe just a, a scholarship yeah. opportunity or you playing know, some junior, or or were you always pretty level-headed about the whole thing? Not, not that Jim wasn't you know, good enough, I'm just one yeah. of those. I mean, I mean, I think we were pretty level-headed about it. Very early on, somebody, you know, in a conversation we were talking, and it was a guy talking about baseball, and he said, you know, go look through your phone book there in, in Parksville, see if you can find any pro baseball players that are in that phone book. You know, no, okay, how many pro hockey players can you find? No, okay, none? Oh, there's two. You got Howie Meeker, and you got, you know, there's maybe, I can't even remember who the other guy is. And then it's like, okay, now how many doctors are there in there? You know, how many engineers? How many? Maybe if you spent even a quarter of the amount of time on, on your school, you know, and trying to get elite at that, you'd be better served you know, than tr- spending so much time almost exclusively on, on these sports and chasing that down. And I mean, honestly, yeah, the idea of going and playing, there were times with Jimmy, certainly. I mean, he could have played junior if he would have wanted to do it, you know, for the, the junior B. And he was also that young age kid. So he was born in December. And so there are a lot of times you sit there and look and go, oh my God, look at how good he is. And if he was born three weeks later, he would be, he'd be still in the league below. Never mind, you kind of go, oh, crap, and now once you get up to midget and, and that sort of thing, and juniors, they, they've got different rules for stuff like that. And you know what, like, he could, he, he could go somewhere, maybe play, maybe get, get on with some college team or something. Yeah, that could be. But as far as it being a scholarship, it was never that. It was always just the idea that, man, he'd probably have a real great time doing that, being kind of the cock of the rock at school, playing on a hockey team, and that would, that would probably be a really fun thing to do. But it was never, never thought of it as a career path or even, even scholarship. It was just, boy, he, he could probably keep going to another level. He's pretty good, and he'd probably have a lot of fun doing that. Mike, is there something that you, uh, when you, you take Jackson to practice in the mornings and you go watch his games, 
Uh, is there something you maybe talk to him about or after the games a little bit to say, hey, man, you're supposed to be having fun? This, uh, the, the chant, like, I, you don't want to ever put a, a negative connotation in someone's head saying you're never going to make it because if you keep playing, there's a good chance you might make it. Like, if you keep playing and don't give up, go play the Coast League or whatever it is. But is there ever a chance you, you got to ground him a little bit and say, hey, man, you're supposed to be having fun out there and the rest of it's a bunch of noise? Oh, that's just that we... He's, he, the, the association he's with, they're, they're never very good. And he gets frustrated and he wants to be as best as he can be. And, yeah, we want to bring him back down to life. And, yeah, you go out there and have some fun. Play your game. Do what... You have to do to make yourself better. Don't worry about the score. Don't worry about how rotten everybody's doing, how rotten you're doing. Just be, go out there and have fun. Be a kid. First things first, get yourself some good breakfast. <laughs> you know, it all starts with something something to eat in the mornings. And uh, you'll have the energy to do more stuff, stay out more, a little more uh, on, the, on the shifts. But, yeah, just go out there and have some fun. Don't, don't worry about everybody else and what everybody's yelling at and all these... Parents saying, "Oh, should have did this, should have done that." Just listen to your coach and have just go out and have have a good time. That's the one regret I have when I was I played minor hockey and then I went on to play junior. The one regret I had playing minor hockey, the biggest thing was it was never fun. I loved playing, but it was never fun. Like it was always it was always a business kind of. Even at a young age, I wanted like I had a I wanted to win. And I was a bit of a I'm not, I'll say I was a bit of a poor sport. If we lost, there's no getting around that. Well, likes and, and anybody who listens to this, they'll they'll attest to that for sure. That it was never like I never treated it as fun. I I, I like I said I loved playing, but it was never fun. And that's kind of one thing that I look back on. I mean, I, I wish I had more fun and wish I would have screwed around a little bit more. Uh, not screwed around, but just had more fun with it instead of taking it so seriously all the time. Is there a point? Uh, Jim, that you got to that you go, man, there's some guys on this team that are taking this way too seriously and it's not much fun playing with these guys? Yeah. Uh, of, yes. There and are I, what, we, we won't even talk about parents yet, just players. Well, yeah, of course there is. There's, you know, the guys who who were going to be going and after our practice later, practicing with the junior team and all that, and they'd take it way too seriously. And I'm... As much as, like, I get it, no one likes losing. It's also like, dude, don't let it ruin your whole weekend. Like, sure, it sucks we lost, but, like, all right, we're heading out tonight. Where, where, where are we going? Don't sit and sulk and let it ruin everything, which is what a lot of people do. It's, uh, yeah, it, it can't be your whole life because, you know, some people make it that, and the next thing you know, you're aging out and you got nothing else going on. In the last 20 years, I, the biggest thing I've noticed, and I, I get uh, shot at this, about this one a lot, about the, the academies. I'm anti-academy, even though I, I was a Notre Dame guy back in 1992. And wow, that was for bad kids. That was a lot of difference. That was a lot of <laughs> different Notre Dame back then than it is now, uh, for sure. But there's a lot of negativity that I have towards academies. Craig, you've, uh, you're, since Jim started, and even before that, the academy lifestyle has changed. It's not just in, in, in hockey, but which is a hockey podcast. We're talking about that. Is that the biggest thing and, the, and what's really changed the minor hockey world, the minor sports world, you think? And I, I will get the negative stuff right away here. Is that Ooh, the biggest I, thing that you think has changed things? Is it good, bad, ugly? What do you think about the academy lifestyle? Well, I think that if the academies had been there when you were young, you would have been in the academies. Like, that's the thing. Is there newer, but... Right from before the academies, there was, oh, somebody's got extra ice in the morning. Oh, those kids are doing that? Oh, well, we should, oh, what, extra ice? Yeah, you probably need extra ice. We should see if we could do that. 
And also just this idea that the teammates that you have, to some extent, more so maybe than you growing up in a smaller town where the team was the team was the team. Every year. For Jimmy, Every other year or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. Right. For Jimmy, I mean, you could see it. There was always this element of the best players on the team, they, they didn't get to be as great friends as you'd think yeah, because, because they were always... Yeah, because Peewee, though. But, but also... no, but, but even still, I'm just saying that there was a, always a sense that the, your teammate is somebody who's going to help you win this game, but over time, they're also your rival. And there was always this sense you got. Well, and I mean, we could, I could point to certain kids that, that Jimmy played with that, that got taken to extremes. But there was always this. Even though you like each other, you're happy, you've got a good team, team there, there's always this idea. You're, you're, you're starting very young, already knowing that up ahead, there's the next level. And it, you keep narrowing down, narrowing down, and rarefying, theoretically. And that this kid here, yes. Might, might take we, my job we, later on. Yeah, this is somebody that I've... When, when a coach is here watching our team, I'd prefer he was impressed with me than he was impressed with this other kid. And you, that, that kind of comes into it. But, and the parents. The parents, you're a parent. You want, your kid loves this and is, hey, this is so fun. I love this more than anything in the world. I want to do nothing but play hockey all day. And I want to take this as far as I possibly can. As a parent, it's really hard to say, eh, you know what? No, all your friends are going to go do that, or at least the best players of your friends that you know are, are off doing that. But, you know, you were going to take a break on that and you don't get to do that because we think in the long run it's better that you're more grounded and that you... It's hard to do that. Yeah, and no? it's, too, it's, it's too bad that, like, there's some really great hockey players that just can't afford academies. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that hurts a lot. Like, the people that mm-hmm. these uh, coaches and academy people are saying, oh, you get noticed more, you get noticed more, come up here, come up here, and you'll go somewhere. Well, what about these kids that can't afford it? Or oh, parents yeah. that can't oh, afford yeah. sixty thousand oh, yeah. dollars for a season, right? I, you you watch the World Juniors here. How many of those Shouldn't kids? Be a rich man's game. How many kids do you see where you go? Oh yeah, his dad played here. His dad played here. Oh, well, here's all these. That's what I want to get into about the World Junior. Why I think it's kind of taking a bit of a, mm-hmm. a downfall in the next segment. But Mike, the, and to follow up on Craig's point, where we grew up in Fort McLeod, you played with the same guys that you went to school with. Uh, every other year would just be you play with these guys, and the next year you play these guys, and then these guys, and you and there was more of a sense of community back. Now this is just me speaking out my ass. I'm not. Don't, there's no. There's no scientific proof to this, but the the biggest thing that I find now is that when we were kids, growing up in Fort McLeod, we played for our friends and our community and the team and everything else, and there, there seemed to be more and more of that sense that you wanted to go out and win the, the provincial tournament or get get to provincials. Uh, and now a lot of kids, they don't even know who they're playing with week in, week out because they play for so many different teams. And mm-hmm. in spring hockey, sometimes they got three different teams. They don't even know what jacket they're supposed to wear when they're going to their, their hockey games. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit different. And now it's just they go out there and compete, but they're not going out there to win. It's more of a, a, a personal gain uh, when they're out on the ice a lot. There's a lot more personal gains than there is um, team bonding, team winning. Like when you're you're a kid and you win, that's something you can take forever. And when you're selling insurance 35 years later in your, whatever town you're from, you can have that story. What's your thoughts on that? Sorry, I just blacked out. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It's just kids are getting overwhelmed with hockey these days. It's it's crazy. It's just. If we went to the Kelowna tournament and talking about small town teams, they're. Team from Terrace who won the whole thing. 
that's the same thing. They played with each other. They go against these teams against Vancouver. Delta, for once, they're decent, but they're all money made. Like you get to have money to play on these teams. They didn't have a chance against a small town team where they play all the time, and then that's all they have is, is just a single. They don't have the academies up there. They don't have all this other type of hockey. It's just, okay, we're the A team. Like how we, we had A and C. If you weren't good enough to play in the A, they don't go house all this stuff where you can't be hitting in in mm-hmm. uh, house league for some reason. Like even our Bill of Men, he goes, we don't have house in Calgary. I don't know why it's different out here, but we don't have houses. We have T13 where you're still allowed to hit and stuff. So it's... Jim, looking back like this, get on Mike's point there, when, when you, uh, you, if I recall, if I'm wrong, tell me, when you got into the hit hockey, they took it away and went a higher after. level, correct? Yeah, the year after, so I did hitting one year, then they took it out, and then, yeah, I went in. So I had it one year, didn't, then went back into it. So how did that affect your psyche on the ice when you were playing? And then cause the, 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 there'd be a point where you were allowed to hit, then you weren't allowed to hit, then you were allowed to hit again. And it doesn't it change the way that the game is played a lot? I don't know how to hit, man. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's it, right? Because you kind of learn right when you start getting used to it. And after that first year, you get the hang of it. You're like, right, I guess I know how this is, do how this is. You take it away for that next year, and you're like, well, all right, I guess I'll relearn it. But these guys didn't have that year. They've already are on their third, fourth year hitting the um, older year. So you're trying to learn, like, <coughs> relearn how to play with body contact against all these. Guys who are bigger than you and know how to hurt you. They've been doing it for a while. They know how to do it. And that's the thing with the hitting. They should bring it back down to peewee when all the kids are the same size. Yeah. Yeah. You you go to Bantam, that's when the growth spurts hit. You hit puberty, kids grow. Yeah, next thing you know, you're... You know, all of a sudden you got a kid that's 6'2 going against a kid that who's... Has it... Five, six. Who's five feet. Yeah. -hmm. Jackson's a late late bloomer. Yeah, And all of a sudden he's playing Bantam hockey and... I guess, sorry, you... 15. Yeah, whatever it's called now, you know what it's called anymore in all the leagues. And doesn't, the only way he can protect himself against these people that are bigger than him is put his hands up. So when he goes and goes hit anybody, that's how they do it. You you look at kids everywhere. They don't go with shoulders. They go like this because that's how they protect themselves against the bigger kids when they're younger. This morning, when before we started eating breakfast, we were good. Good radio, eh? Yeah, good, good for radio. We using hand signals. Your hands uh, are up. Yeah. Before we before we started breakfast, before I think a couple of you guys even got out of bed, we were talking about the, the how things have changed over the years and if they actually have or it's just different different negativities. And it'd be interesting to go back forty years what the complaints were of parents and and, and players in thirty years and twenty years and up to, up to now. What like through Jim's a uh, hockey journey and and maybe even go back to when you played a little bit. Or when you, you, you knew some guys were playing playing hockey when because you were more of a volleyball basketball guy. Uh, what were some of the complaints that you can remember from when you were in high school and, and then in college compared to what you, you initially saw with Jim to what and we'll get to what you have now, Mike, because with with Jackson still involved in minor hockey. You know, there wasn't when I was a kid. There was no complaints with minor hockey. I was out, out of it. I lived back in a time when your parents came and dropped you off at the rink. Uh, half the time, half the time there was three parents that drove all the kids to the rink. The parents didn't show up and watch, you know, Not that, that often, was, yeah. there wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't as much of a thing. Certainly a practice there. It was inconceivable that there would be a parent sitting in the stands watching a hockey practice. Now, I mean, I watched lots of Jimmy's practices. Well, I ended up on the ice for almost all of them actually, but, but, uh, but still like it's, 
it's different. Every, every back then, the grown-ups were not anywhere nearly as big a part of it. But also, I, you know, what I, I grew up in a family. Both my parents were teachers. Summer came, tent trailer goes on the back of the old station wagon, and off we go. And come back, and it's the the start of the year, and it's hockey tryouts. Well, I haven't played skates up since sometime in in May or April or March or February. And then, so there were some of the other kids that brilliant hockey players, fantastic athletes, and a couple of them went far. Um, but yeah, I, I so I was uh, I, the eight. I, I was always the top scorer on the second best team in our association, right? And usually by a, by a good margin. I was I was good, but I was not playing at the, the higher level. I was playing, you know, house or B or C or whatever it was, right? And so I, yeah, I didn't have the, the I, I wasn't in the big mix. And my parents, my mom, I had to go to school way across town from where we lived. Um, for First for bilingual, and then because my mom was vice principal of school that was on the far side of the city, and it was a fantastic school. Well, I was never... I, I never went to school with the guys that were on my hockey team, so it was always a little bit out. Out of the loop of what? A little bit out of a loop. Yeah, they're these guys that all went to Jerry Potts and, you know, St. Vincent and, you know, Effie uh, uh, Osborne School. And I was at St. Charles and then at St. Stephen's way across town in Calgary. And no, I didn't do that. And so then junior high, well, and the other thing is within the cities, I can tell you that school sports mean more than they do... In, rural. in the small towns, and that's because there's no girls at the hockey rink when you're in the city. They're at the school gym, though, when you're playing basketball, <laughs> when you're playing volleyball. They're down at the sidelines of the field when you're playing football. That was how it was. So the decision to just quit hockey and get into school sports, these are the guys I'm going to school with anyway, and that's where all the girls were. Not that I was, you know, somehow benefiting from it, but at least, at least you want to... Give, give yourself a fighting you chance. You give yourself a fighting chance. Like the, when you first got into it, it's like there's no negativity. And you said best last night, and it's it's crazy how, how you think of this. It um, when you're a parent at the age, and, and Jim was eight or nine, and Mike, you can attest to this as well. And and your kids out there, and then all of a sudden something just snaps in your head a little bit, where you just. You, you want your kid to succeed, and you get you get so enthralled with what, what's going on, and all of a sudden, and this is the negativity of the sport, and every sport has, it's not just a hockey thing, or a hockey culture mm. thing, but it's just, it's something that go, just goes on, and you, you kind of don't, I don't want to say snap, but you start lashing out at people on the ice, whether it be officials, mm. the coach, the other team, the other parents sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's crazy sometimes how... Sometimes your own team's... Kids. Sometimes your own team's kids, whatever else it, it seems, and I and I don't and I don't think it's a Canadian thing. I think it's right across North America that, that it's that you you, you said it best last night. You don't mean to, like, it just comes out. Like, it's it's, just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Because like, my, my my competitive story, right? My competitive spirit comes out when I'm just watching Jackson play. I'm like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. always I'm not just watching him. I I watch what's going on all over yeah. the place, and uh, that kid's open. This kid should pass. That kid. What what the what what the heck's the goalie doing over here and playing the puck and blah 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 and it's you get frustrated and I, you just you ugh. get outraged you get outraged like my kid or this player on my team just fell down I'm pretty sure everybody in the building must have seen a trip how could the referee miss that my eight year old got tripped and didn't call a penalty because somebody he missed it somehow or 
right? Like, I don't think I ever in my life, well, actually, no. When I went to Powell River, that's where you kind of go, okay, these referees. They, in Powell River, got, all they've got, they've got something. They may actually have. They have something. Be, 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 be a horse tilting. in a race, a dog in a fight. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But but virtually anywhere else. No, no, no. It was just incompetency and sit there and think the referees. Well, is, is being incompetent such a bad thing? Like, is getting getting the calls wrong for these 8-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 14? Like, you got the call wrong. Oh, well, but I'll tell you. I, I, I'd say that to myself. I'd watch. <coughs> and by the end of the game, I've thoroughly embarrassed myself with my, with my outraged indignation and shouting crap at refs and all the rest. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That, I mean, I, I was guilty of it too. I, I used to watch you play, Mike. Mike, when I watched you, I think it was a Medicine Hat one year, and I was a little bit. I was still playing junior. I got a little rambunctious in the stands. It was the same thing, frustration, and I wanted to see Mike's team succeed. And, you, and and then you go, okay, I'm I'm a junior hockey player. I'm wearing my my, my team jacket, and now everybody knows who I am. This this before internet, right? So yeah. it wasn't like they could Google my name, but there was something they go, that guy's probably a dickhead. Right, like that guy, he's one of those hockey playing dickheads that people aren't going to like, and and it was true. And it, it's crazy that Canadians, we, we go into ranks, and all of a sudden we're the next Don Cherry, and we know everything, and we we really don't know a thing. Is the problem like? And Mom brought it up last night, and we'll get off this quickly here. And she and then she believes this, like the 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 first Gretzky contract is when the first big money came out, and then now there is there is a pot at the end of the rainbow. Is there a rainbow in most most yards? No, there's not. There's really not. But is that the thing that a lot of parents see now and why it's made things so crazy is it's the money that can be made first off of academies or, or off of spring hockey or off of uh, jersey sales and tracksuit sales. Is money driving minor hockey in our country down a, a slide that won't be recuperated? Here's what I think. No, I had never actually, the Gretzky thing, I'd never really thought of that. And I wasn't listening when she said it, so... so. So too bad. Well, she says too a bad. lot. Too bad. She says a, no. And, and, and I'm like, yes, that's that's an interesting thought. I can say that for most, ninety nine percent of the parents that I deal with, it's not about money at the end of the rainbow. But if for one percent of the parents, it's about money at the rainbow, and that's why they are doing it. Well, once they start it, you don't want your kid to bring a knife to a gunfight, right? That's it. Your kid wants to do this. And this is, and all the kids that he's playing with, oh, the season's ending. Okay, time to go. Oh, wait, all the best players from that team, that team, and that team, they're going to this academy? I want my kid this? too. Oh, and the kid wants to go too? Okay, we got to go. Oh, now there's Wednesday morning ice before school each day? You know, when you're not practicing? Oh, they're going? Oh, I better go do that too. And it's not because you think your kid's going to win a million dollars. It's because your kid is loving this and wants to be good, as good, wants to be elite like all these other kids. So then you say... Hell with it. In you go. Sure, let's go do this. And and you don't want to you don't want to take away an opportunity for your kid. Jim, was there ever a point where you when you were playing and you went, Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for my dad? Not legitimate question. Well, not really. There were well, and you know how like everyone with the setters, especially like with my mom. Hockey players are better than superheroes. And I'm like, well. And I want to be cooler than a superhero. But no, I also just love playing and I love being on the team with the guys and I love, you know, the, yeah, just the whole, the whole ordeal of it, which is why I also played all my other sports. I also loved playing basketball and baseball and volleyball and everything. But it was, I think, 
Part of it was also because, yeah, we all just loved hockey, so that's why we kind of focused more on hockey. It wasn't like, a, I'm doing this for my parents. It's, well, we all get this, yeah. and it's the thing that we all have in common. So, yeah, let's let's go for this one. Mike, we'll get off this quick here. Uh, is there one thing that, you, that you're trying to, like when you go to the rink on a daily basis with Jackson and everything else is going on, and there's a lot going on in the minor hockey world, is there one thing that you you're, you want to take a step back maybe like during this holiday season you haven't been, had to be at the rink? Is there one thing you can go and go, okay, maybe we should do this, and I can say this to Jackson and say, okay, let, let's be let, let's let's calm things down, slow things down, speed things up. Is there something like what? What's your thoughts as you're getting into his first year of you, whatever it's called? Like, I don't even know what's called. Midget. We used to call it midget. <laughs> U, so. U, 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 yeah, you can't call it midget. Is there something he's getting into the second half of his first year? Is there something you want to maybe say, say to him, say, now that we know, what do you think we should do from here on in? Yeah, just go out and play hockey. Just don't worry about what's going on. Keep your yap shut. I'll do the same kind of thing. If it's, <laughs> and don't, don't listen to everybody else in the crowd. Just go out there. Play hockey for you. So at the end of the day, only you are going to get yourself somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it, you, Craig, it was funny you said that, uh, like, you, you got to play summer and you got to play spring, and then this guy wanted to do this guy, and this guy wanted to do it because they're doing it. I couldn't wait till the season was over oh. to, to put the equipment away and not even know where it was. Like, I, I didn't, I, I was good. I was like, I, I want to go play baseball, I want to hang out. I was good. It's a bit of a, a thing, though, that was, relates to what I was saying. You look at the World Juniors, and how many kids you recognize where they've got a dad that played pro somewhere, and that's how they're there. And I think that that's part of it, too. Is like, Jimmy, Jimmy, and God help me, there was a couple other kids there that, thank God, they played some spring because they had me coaching them. And I didn't know much about hockey. Like, you know what I mean? I was the dad. I was the one who showed up. The other dads, I was there, I'll say, I'll help put cones out and do stuff. Well, pretty much every single season, I was the dad who was supposed to just be the, the, the third or fourth dad on the ice, and by the time the season was over, this guy had moved away, this guy's kid had got a concussion, was out, this guy's got a new job somewhere else, and I'm the head coach pretty much every year. And I didn't know much about hockey. I knew much, I, I was good at getting the weaker players improved, and as a team, getting the team working together, but as far as taking an elite player on that team and moving them forward, I was terrible at that. I was useless. And you look at these kids that played where their dads are pros, and it's not genetics that, oh, they've got the genetics. No, it's that they've got a dad who knows how to play and can teach them how to do these things. And so that's a and big part of it, too. And has the financial wherewithal to do the things yeah. like and, that, too. And right? so these kids that pay money, there is bang for your buck when you get really good coaching. Now, hey, do you really get really good coaching when you're supposed to get really good coaching? That's a, a whole other thing. But there's, it's not just, hey, some kids, if you all go to the rink together, if you all go to the rink and you keep skating, the, the, the best players will, will win out over time. Yeah, but no, there, there, there's, there's, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of kids that are in the NHL that when they were young, Nobody would have thought they'd get there, but they, hey, oh, well, even like in junior. I, we had say, Harry on the, the, the first Flailing Tender podcast. He said, I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Like, he had nothing. And he, and he ended up make, get, getting a five-year career, bought a bunch of cars, and the rest, and the rest he, was, he was a late bloomer. He was, didn't play junior until he was 18 years old. Yeah, and the leg, hummer, right? He a yellow hummer. Right, so he had, he had all, all the good stuff, yeah. And ended up buying Brett Hall's Viper, but that's, that's another that's story right. for another day. Uh, let's, let's get into the World Junior Tournament. Starts today, Canada plays in about uh, 35, 40 minutes. Uh, the tournament used to be a lot 
uh, a lot. This is this is my opinion. I'm the I'm the host, so I can say whatever I want, and I don't usually. Uh, well, I get challenged, but whatever. Uh, to me, the tournament has lost its, its luster in in recent years. It's not as um, a, a Christmas tradition like it used to be. Yes, we are going to be a family together, and yes, we are going to watch it. But the, uh, it doesn't have the same oomph as it used to. In, in my opinion, um, I think that one of my, my reasons is something that you said that a lot of these kids they aren't um, the every man hero kid and, and the working the working class hero that m might have had a chance and they played for whatever hockey team now when, when you see the bios they went to this academy that academy and nobody and they're, they're they're at a level now where it's just a lot different i'm not saying it's better i'm not saying it's worse i'm saying it's just a lot different i, I craig what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on what i had to say and what's your thoughts of why the the or do you, do you agree with the world junior being at a different level I agree that there's, there's a, it, it's, you now maybe it's just the, the age that we're at where Jimmy's no longer playing and all that, but I'll agree. Certainly, it has not, does not have the draw for me. It does not feel like it's as big a deal as it was. Now, is that, is that universal? It feels like it's universal, but I can't really say. And what I would say is, certainly, as it feels more and more, feels more and more like a business that's that that's part of it not just the players but what hockey canada saying selling their tickets you're like hey it might be fun to go to the world juniors when they're going to be in calgary or edmonton or red Deer or whatever it was there you go look and they're like oh well you can only buy packages of this and they're they, 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 the amount of money they charge for the tickets they had the the arena's empty for for one of those world juniors for most of it because the tickets are so expensive and you just go that's eh, it, it's too bad. Yes, you're trying to make money, and I get it, and it benefits kids, but it just, the whole thing becoming such a business made it, yeah. for me, maybe. But also, Jimmy stopped playing hockey, and so maybe that's part of it, too. I think the biggest reason for me is I'm older than all those kids now, and so it's lost some of its, like, magic and, like, mis like you know, uplifting thing, where now I'm like, oh. Well, that's you know, just, I, I'm not the thing looking that was different in the, in the, in the golden era of the World Junior when, like, 09, the Everly goal, everybody was there. Mm -hmm. when we remember when, when Jim was really young and the boy Whitka, he, he put his hands up and you were three or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. No, you were, you were oh, for, really oh, fuck, young. Saying Everly. For the, the yeah. way boy Whitka won. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He put his hands up and he, <laughs> above his head. Once again, bad for radio. But uh, the, <laughs> the thing is, is that the, the World Junior during this golden era when Canada was winning every year, I, I think also, Mike, you might be able to attest to this, is that it wasn't in Canada every year. And so sometimes you would wake up on, on, on Boxing Day and the game was on it at 7 in the morning. So, but now it's pretty much in Canada every year. And like you said, Craig, it's a business. And we used to be able to buy Christmas presents were quite easy at one point where you just have to buy a Team Canada jersey for you, a hoodie for your mom, and then a, and a sweatshirt for... But now those, those items are now 100, 150 bucks, 200 bucks for a jersey. It's, and like Craig says, is a moneymaker. Is money kind of ruining the Hockey Canada, the World Junior Experience, Mike? Oh, definitely. Definitely is. It's 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 all a moneymaker. It's it's ridiculous. I think, and you're not even giving the the European countries a chance to host anymore. It's 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 too bad. Like some of these kids, they want to go overseas to go play somewhere, right? They're, 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 kids get excited yeah. to go to yeah. Finland and play. Right. That's yeah, parents that's get true. excited for their kids to go to Finland to play or to and Sweden. Getting or, up at three in the morning to watch to to yeah. like some game happen or five in the morning, right? And, 
Yeah, that's I, that's true. That's a good good point. Okay, I'm going to Halifax again. Again, <laughs> I play here. Like I play for the Mooseheads in Halifax, and I'm just here again. It's, it seems to be in in Edmonton and Red Deer every oh, that's, third year, that's right? Why I st- I, and ever since I was a little fella, I I've always liked the Spangler Cup, and I, I still think that's great, even though it's in same same place all the time. But money hasn't gotten that. It's just. Just a regular tournament. Well, it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning and start pounding beers at 9 a.m. too, but, right? It's one of those things. But no, it's... Yeah, uh, it, the the it, World Juniors, it's it's it's, it's money-hungry. It's, it's it's still fun. It's still fun. Don't get me wrong. Fun. Jackson's been talking. He's been, he's been talking about it all all week, whereas we were growing up. It was for a month that we've been talking to. Okay, that's another thing that I think that the World Junior has. The problem they have is and it's not their fault. It's not Hockey Canada's fault. It's not even TSN's fault. Now there is just so many more forms of um, entertainment, shitty podcasts and everything else where you can, you get overload and you forget about the other things, right? Because there's so much mm-hmm. more media out there to, 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 to listen. But back 20 years ago, the World Junior overtook everything. And you would know, because there was a thing called the hockey news, and that, that, that you would actually read, and you would look at it, and you would know where the players came from. On every team. And then the, the CHL on on, uh, on Sportsnet on, and on TSN, it was, it was on, so you would learn more about these kids. Now the only kid that I can actually say I know anything about is Connor Bedard. And I know nothing still. Right. And I know so little. I know mm-hmm. that he's supposed to be really good at hockey. <laughs> he's, it, he, sell, he sells out hockey rigs. Yeah, everywhere he plays, he like, sells there, There's a good chance Connor <laughs> Bedard, as a 17-year-old, isn't going to be the guy who has the magical goal if Canada wins this thing. Because it's, it's, it's a 19-year-old tournament, yeah. and a 17-year-old kid probably isn't going to. I hope he has a great tournament. I'm probably going to be proven wrong. But it just seems to me that they're, like this Bedard kid, he gets a, a lot because, well, you know, it's clickbait, right? Whereas if you could uh, start talking about the other kids a little right. bit, because... Bedard will do his own thing. He's a hot name, so you're going to use it as so much as everyone's, everyone's right. eyes. No, oh. here's here's something about the, the the difference. There's two things that we haven't really spoken about too much. One is COVID came and really screwed the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. The other thing is Canada used to win all the time. Like them getting silver was... What was unbelievable. Not acceptable. So then, yeah, it was you'd get up and you'd watch in Canada, and sometimes they're close fights. And there was a couple times where they had a really cool team, and they still came in second. Like I think of the 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 two two that tournament where in Halifax, where it is now. Oh, wasn't that fun? And they were underdogs, and they they almost got her done, and that was great. But generally, you knew that if they didn't get gold this year, they had it next year. And that's no longer the case, too. They've had a few, they had some, some, some crappy results. They've had some times where they've, they haven't been the best, where they haven't been close to the best team in the, in the tournament. And, that's, and that, that says something good about, about international hockey, I guess. But as a fan, hey, nothing, nothing's, nothing's better than winning. And maybe that's part of it too. Before we get into the uh, the positives, our, our favorite World Junior memories, because uh, there's, there's been a lot over the years. You go down back to the Piastani punch out and, and and the the rest back that happened in the, in the mid '80s there with uh, Theron Fleury. I think Sheldon Kennedy was on that team, uh, and the rest of Brandon Shanahan. I think uh, there's let, let, let's let's talk about it. There there's definitely a situation with Hockey Canada. Uh, and the sexual abuse assault. We're not going to give our opinions on it. Do you think that that has a bit of a 
I'm not watching this or I'm against it or maybe um, there might be a, a, a daughter in the house or whatever. Jim, you have a sister and a mother. Do you think that that is kind of a, a situation where I don't know if I like these guys that much? I don't know if I'm supposed to watch. I, you know, I don't know how much I'm supposed to support. I like I. I don't know what the whole what what like I don't know. And it's not just daughters, right? It's not just women. There's what's the the, the you know we just went through the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. thing there too, right? But not long ago either. There's 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 boys that are getting sexually assaulted and stuff too. That's part of this as well. Yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's, it's 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 uncomfortable a little bit. Just ooh, do I? That stained it. That stained it. That took a lot of wind out of the sails of the World Juniors. Mike, you got three girls in your house, and you guys are a hockey crazy family. Does that ever, did that come up at all with the Hockey Canada stuff? Do you guys mention that at all, or is it like, uh, no, no, let's we, not? We don't. We we don't try to bring negativity too much into this <laughs> house here. Which no one really tries to anywhere or does it on purpose. But we haven't really discussed much about it. It comes up here and there once in a while, but we don't know enough about anything to give our point of view educated and, opinion. That's, yeah and yeah it's it's until we know what really is going on we, we i'm just here to cheer on my country my, my take on it is that these kids playing this year and I, i'm going to put in a full like i'm gonna get invested in this team uh going forward but my take is that these kids playing now they didn't do anything wrong. Well, yeah. Right? That's also the other thing. Is they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do it. It's they weren't. Like, back in 2003, when last time was in Halifax, there's some stories that came out about that. It's in Halifax again this year. These kids weren't even born then. Right? And so it's not their fault. Give these kids a chance. Get get behind them. And there's, there's, there's going to be some kids who are going to score some magical goal. There's going to be some young some young Jimmy Schwarm with his hands above his head with, with a way too big jersey that his uncle's bought him and, and the whole bit, right? Trying to save a couple of bucks, whatever, whatever. We just didn't know what the sizes kids wore back then. Because yeah. uh, it, it is a great tournament. Uh, Jim, what's your, your uh, you got a few years, you're a lot of years younger than us. What's your uh, most, uh, your favorite uh, that's not Everly? What's because that's what everybody's gonna going to say. What's your favorite World Junior moment from the uh, the World Junior tournament? Taves in the shootout then, because that's one of the first ones I remember. Yeah, is the what was it four shootout three four shootout goals or whatever? Yeah, that was two thousand. What year two. was that? Two. We watched it at Emco. Yeah, I, like, I, I just yeah. love hearing or the, or the story two. of how crazy that was. Nope, four, four, five, five. It don't matter, whatever. Yeah, because there's all that and... <laughs> we'll get Tim Monteith to look that up for us. Tim, Tim will look it up for us. He'll let us know. <laughs> what I'm trying to remember, like, recent years. Um... There you go. Craig, well, as you're taking playing, a ball I think forward. we were playing Sweden, and I, and I remember there was... We were down by a goal in the gold medal game, and a guy from Sweden iced the puck. Took a shot, tried to score on an empty net on Canada, and he missed the net. And he was uh, looking and laughing with his partners, with his buddies. And your sister looked at me, and so the Russians. And the your Russians. sister looked at me and says, "That kid's laughing now. He'll be crying in thirty seconds." And, and that, that was, was the Everly goal. That was Everly scored. But it was the Everly goal. But no, but like the, 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 the stuff saying it, the stuff leading up to that, yeah. it's, it's those moments. Yeah, we and then we're at the Longhorn. We're at the Longhorn, <laughs> and I and uh, me and Lenny Strand <laughs> hugged of all things. It was quite strange. Mike, give me one. Um, I think Ovechkin's a fantastic player. Doesn't get me wrong, but when Dion Phaneuf 
got on the ice and would scare the living hell out of him and chase him around. And <coughs> the one time when he just knocked him out silly. Not an unknocked him out, but just put him on his ass. So actually, he comes around dangling, dangling, big the hot shot, young Russian that he is. <laughs> Beyond for enough, I think it was an old five, five. five. That, it was that, a five that, team, yeah. Yeah, he just come and just center ice and just leveled him out. Is yeah. I, I, I think it was just great. Yeah, no, it's it's a great tournament. Like the memories that have, that have come up across for Hockey Canada, and like some of these kids that they won't play, like after this season, they'll, they'll might get a contract, they might not, but most of them won't be household names. But some some of them will do something this week, uh, like in the, over the next ten days that, that we'll all remember forever. Hopefully, it's, it's all those things. Like I remember in the old three tournament, like you said with Jordan Tutu, and you had Mark Andre Fleury with his, his gold patch. Like what the hell's going on here? Like this is this is so strange. It was so odd to see that. Uh, it's no, I, I think it's great. The the uh, what was it the next year when Flurry it was Patrick uh, uh, O'Sullivan. He when Flurry shot it off O'Sullivan in, in a no. U.S. and it went in that that, no. that tournament that because of lot, that. Throughout his whole career, he would just make dumb plays out of the net there and, and get scored on. Well, the thing with Flurry, he's a Hall of Fame goaltender, but nobody would ever pick him to this day up to, to be a, a top two or three guy on their team. He's been one of the best goaltenders in hockey for twenty years now. He's, he is one of the weird ones where he's had, where he's been both fantastic and awful in playoffs. Well, almost you know what I mean? Yeah. Usually, <laughs> usually either you're, you've been fantastic or once, if you've been terrible once, you're usually in the playoffs. You usually are never, ever good in the playoffs again for goalies. It seems like it, it breaks your spirit somehow. He's one of the only goalies that I can, I can remember that's been able to come back from being terrible in the playoffs to being awesome in the playoffs. I think it was 93 for me was because uh, I was still a, a flailing goaltender back then. It was uh, Manny Legacy, and it was in oh, Yavla, Sweden. Now, he just, he won games by himself night in, night out. And it, it, those are the early morning games that you you wake up to watch that. that and was it was unbelievable because he didn't know who he was because he wasn't one of, he wasn't the Trevor Kids of the world, the Felix Pot fans of the world in junior. And he came out and like, who the hell is this guy with his ragtag equipment? And he was unbelievable that year and ended up getting a, a decent career. But he wasn't a long-term guy. But these, these guys, they can, they can put together a legacy. Well, a legacy. I didn't mean to do that. But they can put together a, a, a tournament that they can remember across the country forever. Yeah. And they, same they, with Pogi. 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 That's another one. Just the same well, thing. Is. And you know what? I think there's something about that in recent years that because Pogi came in, nobody thought that he was going to have an, any meaningful NHL career. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, yeah. he was so under the radar, he didn't care. Almost any other Canadian goalie that I can think of in recent years, the pressure is so intense that they come out of that tournament. If you can fake an injury and not play in that tournament as a goalie, do it. Because I'll tell you, you're, there's, there hasn't been a Canadian goalie that's come out of that, that tournament with higher-valued stock than they, than they went in, yeah. and as long as I can remember, other than Pogi, right? Uh, you guys right, ready to take some shots? Take some, just take some shots. Taking shots brought to you by SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD on the SeatGeek app today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase at SeatGeek today. Jim, favorite player and why? Uh, like favorite junior or favorite player? Player. Uh, Alex Burrows was always my favorite player. Don't know why because he's cool and he's gritty. You're a good player. Mike? <laughs> Not many people are going to like this, but uh, we shared the same number. Growing up, my favorite player was Theo. <laughs> oh, yeah, we won't talk about that one a whole bunch anymore. Theo's got some different political views than most of our uh, listeners, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
good player, though. You know, he, he was a good player. Yeah. He was a good player. Um, right now, I don't know why I brought up my past favorite, but my right now, ooh, that's a, a tough one. I like I like Hayes for Philly. He's just a big, calm. He's an old hell school player. player. He's old six school. six. He's a big, big, a big guy. Who play, like plays the game hard. Actually, Travis connect me. Yeah, there, that's my favorite player right now for uh, yeah. for Philly. I don't have a favorite player right now. Like all the sports I get is from you. So I don't really watch anymore. So it might be some outside influence telling you who yeah. your favorite player is. Just yeah. a young, young, little, small, little grinder, and he just, just yeah, it's great favorite player growing up. Mel Bridgman. He had that one season. I mean, I used to watch him in Philadelphia, and I don't know why. I just liked him, just the big mustache and how he was not a handsome guy. And then he came to Calgary and had a had a golden season in Calgary, and he was just tough, pound for pound. He could throw more punches per, per minute than anybody in the league. If somebody was still standing after you know the first sixty seconds of a fight, he would lose the fight. But usually they were usually the referees. He just he it was it was crazy. So I loved him. And currently, you know what? Probably probably Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. I he's just fantastic. Everything about him, class, hardworking. He came into the league with the knock being that he was not a good enough skater. Now he, he's one of the fastest skaters in the league. He a great leader. Just he's fantastic. Now we're probably gonna lose him yeah. in Vancouver, well, which is too bad. But I think they should. Great, what a great player! I think it's time to bid adieu from Bold because your 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 team mired he's, in mediocrity. He's the well, yeah. He's uh, the he's the. Current, but you got to build around something, but yeah, I, I think it's time he's, to. I think he's today's Joe Pavelski is what he is. You'll watch and, and later you three wherever years, he's going to go, years, he'll end up being a player. Four years from yeah. me, yeah. from now you'll think back and go, yeah, he is a lot like Joe Pavelski. He is that kind of caliber. Well, I think yeah, he needs to leave Vancouver cuz like Vancouver has a, a cultural cultural culture of mediocrity which is I think worse than of a culture of losing cuz you're not even getting draft picks now. You're just just barely making the playoffs or just barely missing them. Yeah, when you get a 21st, 23rd, 24th round, uh, overall draft pick, you might as well be a second rounder. Right. You pick <gasps> which is being a second rounder is not a bad thing. <laughs> but it's I don't know. I'm going to begin. So here's a quick question. Yeah. Do you remember who the and I don't, so I'm just asking. The Canucks gave, passed passed over Kachuk for some Swede or Finn or something like that. Now, was that a bad choice, given that they probably would have lost him now? Or, or wasn't it Pedersen? No, it wasn't Pedersen. It was somebody with like a lot of vowels. Oh, I don't read. Um, considering the the Kachuk industry is the Kachuk industry, that he was ever going to stay in Canada. And no matter who he played for, he could have been in Toronto making $11 million. He was leaving Canada. The Kachuk, I think the Kachuk Incorporated is bigger than anything else. That's my opinion. That Kachuk's going where they, they I, and especially Matthew, Matthew looks after himself. I, I like the other one, Brady. I, I Brady, think he, he's I like more of a, I have nothing to back this up, but he just looks like he might stay in Ottawa. He seems, but but Matthew seems like he's for Matthew, for Kachuk Ottawa's Incorporated. right there. Like they're right there. Yeah, almost. Just, just can't get over that hump to come... Do you guys miss fighting in the game of hockey? Craig, start with you. Yes. Yes, 100%. 100% yes, a million times yes. Mike? Yes. Yes, it's just yes. I don't... I don't, I don't uh, these fights that they have now because somebody does a clean hit. I hate that. That's ridiculous. You know what? Take the hit. Keep, keep your head up. Carry on with the game. You know, don't stop the, the, the play just because 
your buddy got smashed because he had his What's funny off. is that Reeves, he uh, from Minnesota now, he nailed that kid from, jeez, uh, I want to say Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. I'm probably wrong. But nobody stopped the game to fight Reeves because they, they would have killed Because they know. they got killed, they right? So it was actually it was interesting to see that. <laughs> Anybody else was a big – because Jonathan Taves got in, in, a, in a fight with Truba uh, yeah. in, the, in the Rangers a few weeks ago because Truba and Taves will fight, but no one's fighting Reeves. Yeah. Right? Because no. Truba ran a guy over on Chicago. Uh, I miss fighting. Question number six, because you guys, you're, you're both uh, fathers. Uh, if your boys were fighters, would you miss fighting? Uh, I I think that there would be, if if Jimmy was a fighter, it would be fun to watch. It would always be fun to watch, but watching him not win would not be as fun. Yeah, until that time where it's no longer fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, you remember, I I oh, loved you, watching you like get wrecked in lacrosse. You, in lacrosse too, you now I love when you hit someone, but when someone gets you better, that's my favorite. Yeah, I was, I, I was, thanks, I was not a very I'm, good I'm, good I'm, dad that way. Yeah, because. <laughs> Young Jackson, he thinks he's the toughest guy out there. So sometimes I'm like, "You're gonna get he, it." He, yeah. could, he could probably get himself a good. Yeah, that was me. Is I knew I wasn't the toughest guy out there. But <laughs> he I needs knew to get a little was. bit of a, a wreck on right now. A <laughs> little, little, little bit of wake me up a little yeah, bit. I, I never. I know it, I would, it wouldn't knew be who the toughest guy was. So it wouldn't I would be much instigate when I was close to him. It wouldn't be much fun to watch <laughs> like, like everybody says, but something. Yeah, Mike, we'll start with you because I think I know what the answer is, but you did a lot of nefarious things out on the ice surface. Uh, we'll go around the horn here one more time, and actually I have one for you guys as well for this one. Something you did on the ice looking back you probably shouldn't have done. All my hitting from behinds. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The bulldog, <laughs> I dude. know what you're talking about too. The bulldog, um, man. The bulldog was a bad one too, but the, uh, the skating around and in Stavely. When I hit that baseball 503 feet into the uh, baseball glove at San, San oh, Francisco, man. I got cross-checked from behind, broke my mask, blood everywhere, knew exactly who we did. Chased the kid around the ice, and I hit, slashed him so hard right behind the knees. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. one. No, that was a bad one. I remember that. I was actually coaching Mike's team then, and he came to the bench, and his mask was dented in, and blood running down his face. He took his helmet off. He was yelling at the bench, swearing. It was there was a it was a melee on the ice. And Mike threw his helmet at the bench and almost took my head off. I was like, "What the fuck did I do?" Like it was just one of those <laughs> things that the uh, the anger took over. That was, yeah, you, you probably. I mean, no one deserves to get slashed in the back of the leg. But in that situation, Matt Roll probably deserved a slash in the back of the legs. Yeah, he was right? looking. He's, he. He, he was, was looking for it most game. of that season. Matt, and I know I know Matt a little bit now. Matt's actually a pretty good guy. I, yeah, just, I talked to him at the bar. It's, he's yeah, a good he's guy. He's a pretty good guy, and it's one of those situations. <laughs> and we, talked, came, we talked about that incident, too. That came about and everything else. Jim, something on the ice that you did that you probably shouldn't have done, uh, even though your dad was probably there watching, what's something you thought you shouldn't have done while you are on the ice? Uh, I got a kid in the chin. But just elbow, and I meant it. He was uh, picking on the small kids, cross-checking. I don't know, wasn't a fan of that, so, you know, center ice, I just led with my elbow, and I was surprised it didn't get tossed, but he went, and uh, I got four, I think, because I directly got him, yeah, chin, and he was down, and I was, the guys didn't really, on my bench didn't really see that I yeah. hit him square on the head, and that it was a dirty player, and they're like, oh, Jim, you rocked him, and I was like, no, no, I didn't. Not and, a good one. And, uh, yeah, it was a bad hit, but also, like, I thought I, it was justifiable. Looking back, I don't think it was. I think a, a, a cross check is very different than a 
you know, cross-checking someone in the back right into the boards is not as bad as full-speed two guys getting an elbow straight to the chin. Greg, something you did either on the bench as a, as a uh, as a coach or on the ice as a kid playing minor hockey, or something you look back and on say, ice. maybe I shouldn't have done that. I have one that was on the ice. I was we playing bantam, end of a game, blast the horn goes, you know, and I was near the puck and whatever, turn and start skating towards the bench, and boom, I get blown up from you know top of the top of the slot, slide all the way to the corner turn around, don't even know what happened, look back, and there's a guy sitting on the blue line looking at me laughing. And I'm just so mad, like, what the hell was that? It was, you know, the game was over by a good 15, 20 seconds. I skate up, and the guy's just sitting there looking at me like an idiot. So I just punch him as hard as I can. And he falls down and gets up and just skates back to his bench. And I'm just fuming. And so we go to do the handshake line, and you're going through the handshake line, and we're sitting there just... And there that guy comes up, and of course we had the cages, and that's it, I got his cage, I grab him, pull him out of the line, rip his helmet off, jump on, right? And I got suspended for, no, it had to be. And it was one of those ones where mums say, how could you do it during the handshake line, right? So I get in trouble for that too, but I was just so mad, and I swear it was probably They should about, get rid of handshake lines. It was about really 20 years they later that I sit in there and I go, maybe that wasn't the guy that hit me. Maybe that's why the guy just didn't react. Maybe he's going, what's this guy's deal? And he just had a stupid look on his face because that's how he looks all the time. This poor guy, maybe it had nothing to do with him. Maybe he had no idea why I was mad at him. So that's why I think maybe that was one that I look back on and go, huh. I got, uh, yeah, I got one. I'm glad there's, there's some that would talk like the rough stuff. Like that. We, I won't get into that, that one. But there was one looking back that we, me and Harry, we laughed about off air last week that he, he remembers vividly. We were playing in Fort Saskatchewan. It was early October of 1992, my first year there. And uh, when the, the Garth Brooks album, uh, the, the checkerboard one, oh, yeah. Ain't Going Down, The Sun Comes Up yeah. with the song. But nobody knew what the what that song was. It was brand new. And uh, Fort Saskatchewan scored three goals early in the third period. Honestly, they were up 6-1, game's over. And Yorkie says to me during the faceoff, come pass, patch my uh, pads, he says, that's a good song, eh? I said, yeah. He goes, you want to hear it again? Sure, man, whatever. He blew the face off, like just, like absolutely blew it. And it was uh, Paul Comrie was the was the, uh, the the centerman. Went back to Kelly Perot, I went to Notre Dame with the year before. And he just ripped a slap shot from the point. And I olayed it on purpose. So we could hear the score again. <laughs> like, so we're like, so we're at some weird school. Who, who, who's singing this song? So we asked the guys. So I'm just asking the guys who scored it. We want to hear it again. Then talk about the, the, the goal. And we were laughing. I, I completely olayed it. Went in the net the whole, uh, just laughed. That's something I probably shouldn't have done. Although my goals against average didn't really hurt or get helped anyways. But it was, it was kind of a funny little story that happened back then. But uh, your wife just came into the room. My, my, uh, our, our sister, your mother, I wanted her to hear this question. Uh, Craig, over the years, we've had a massive discussion about this situation that you've uh, disputed uh, time after time, and I don't know why, but in 2006, the Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Con Smythe winner, Cam Ward, uh, got the trophy. Uh, you've said for the better part of 16 years now, the conversation has cooled a little bit, but I'm sure your opinion of the other situations not cooled down. Why the Cam Ward hate, and why do you not think he should have won it? And who would you have given it to? You know what? I love Cam Ward. 
and I think you earned it. No, it's <laughs> okay, good. Doing radio. I really, I really like Cam Ward. So there's not not Cam Ward hate. He went in on a team. Now Archer's Urbe was the goalie there. Yeah, that, that it's goaltender hate, really. He Urbe played terrible. So they put they were they were a team that was ten times better than every other team they played. They just he showed up. He just had to show up and get it done. You had mm-hmm. veterans. Not some rookie who stepped in and won, what, six games and six games without actually making any big saves. And you got you got Brindamore. You got, what, was was O'Neal there? I can't remember. Who, who O'Neal was, was there? not there. He got traded just before yeah, Stahl was there. And, no, there was another, and there was another sort of old-time, like, long, long-time player who was awesome. I can't I, I didn't know this was coming. Otherwise, I'd have gone, <laughs> and, gone and researched it. But, but how do you not have Brindamore or... Stall or somebody else Stahl who actually the played the whole playoffs, yeah. played the whole playoffs, and actually played fantastic and made a difference in the series where, where Cam Ward did not. Don't get me wrong; he wasn't terrible. He wasn't bad. He was okay. He was good enough, and his team won. So it was great. It was a great story for him, and it would have been a great story if he didn't win it. He would have been fine. In fact, he was sitting there going, "Are you kidding me?" So that he he didn't he was shocked that it was given to him. He didn't think he deserved it. So, hey, fair enough. I don't hate Cam Ward. In fact, I like Cam Ward. He was our Red Deer Rebels goalie. I always felt terrible that Sutter never took him to the to the World Juniors twice in a row. He was coaching and take his own goalie, but he didn't deserve the didn't deserve that. See, I I thought that that, that playoff. I think it still should have, they should have done the Hextall back in back in '87 when they uh, the Flyers lost in the, to the Oilers and they gave Hextall the, the Conn Smythe that year. I will wrap this up in a second here. I thought they really should have given that trophy to Chris Pronger. Because without Pronger, the Oilers don't get to game anywhere, mm-hmm. let alone a game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Adam Oates? Come on. What a team. I still wish the Oilers would have won that tournament yeah. or, or that in the Stanley Cup. That was, that was unbelievable drama. It was Pronger. so good. Pronger's my favorite. He's my favorite. Pronger's cool, man. That one. Well, kids, hockey better night do what you better do. <laughs> that hockey night in Canada, the after hours, yeah. he's on there and they've got all the little kids there, 12 year olds. And like, hey, so here, you know, here's Chris Pronger. Does any of you have a question? And some little guy goes, well, Mr. Pronger, you know, now that they've changed the rules so they, there's not so much clutch and grab and stuff in front of the net, do you, has that changed how you play the game? And he has that smile of his and he says, yeah, that's a really good question. What I do is I make sure when I, like if I'm going to cross-check somebody, I have to do it like five times as hard as I ever did before. It has to hurt. Like it has to hurt so bad that I don't, that they're so afraid that I'll do it again. So that's what I do. So that's, you know. I was listening to some show the other day and he was on it at Pronger. They were talking about the uh, the Michigan goal and the kid picks up behind the net and and throws it up. Uh, He goes, if I was playing, that would never happen today, kids. So and, and we know sitting around this table that Pronger would not allow that goal to happen if you no. were playing. Just a beast of a guy. I love the way he played. Anyways, thanks for joining us today on the Flailing Tender Podcast, guys. We've uh, made some problems. We have solved a few, but uh, hopefully we a good conversation. If you are going to a hockey rink, be kind to your officials, unless they're stupid, and then let them know. Anyways, 1420 Podcast and four viewers for talking a whole lot more. Take care of each other. More importantly, keep your, or take care of yourself. We need you around. Keep your stick on the ice. And what else? Don't swing your high pitches, Dave. There we go. Have a good night, folks. Go Canada Go. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. 
and we're still here.